the Theology of the Body Institute, this is the Ask Christopher West Podcast. Welcome to another episode of our podcast, everybody. Yes. Hello, listeners. Hey, I said something first that time. I know that was a little different. You're usually the one who welcomes our podcast listeners it's first. True. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, <laughs> hey, we just mixed we're just it up shaking a it up. That's fine. Shake it up. Who <laughs> shake it up? Welcome, everybody. Yeah. And a special shout out to our patrons out there. Thank you, guys. All you patrons who support the mission and the work of the TOB Institute. We cannot do it without you. We're so grateful to you. If you want to become a patron and you're not yet to be part of our global community of men and women who are learning, living, sharing this stuff with exclusive ongoing formation, uh, check out our patron link in the show notes. Yes. I actually want to share with you um, at the start of uh, one of the questions for our podcast today, Mm -hmm. just kind of a fun little story I thought I'd share sure. with you. Sure. I'm all ears. Yeah, this um, Miguel wrote this. He says, Hey, Miguel. Uh, three years ago, I somewhat reluctantly attended a seminar at my parish called Decoding Love, Theology of the Body, or something like that. On the first day at the first session, the speaker, you, <laughs> showed up and said, Do you know my feet are precious? I thought, Oh my God, what have I come to? <laughs> Actually, the line, Miguel, if I may correct you. What did you really say? Uh, Miguel, the line was, I have beautiful feet. Oh, beautiful feet. Not I precious. have beautiful feet. Okay. And why do I have beautiful feet? Miguel's about to tell us. Well, 10 minutes later into the presentation, he says, I was thinking, this is what I have been looking for in my 20 years of marriage. He was looking for my beautiful feet. <laughs> no. That's what it was. I think the message that oh, you were oh, sharing. Oh, oh, oh. Well, the yeah. reason for all our listeners who are wondering what the heck is going on with his beautiful feet, <laughs> I, I do this thing sometimes at the start of a presentation where I'll tell everybody I have beautiful feet. And then I say, you know, the scripture verse, uh, how lovely on the mountains are the feet of him who bring good news. And then I Say, I'm here to bring good news. So I got beautiful feet. Exactly. Yeah. Miguel, I am so glad you were there that day. I am so glad you received my beautiful feet. Uh, <laughs> that is the good news I had to share with you. It sounds like your heart was open. Yes. That's really awesome. Yes. So here he goes on to say, ever since that day, I've been learning more and more theology of the body and trying to spread it around me. So many thanks to the Holy Aww. Spirit and to you. That's awesome. It's so encouraging. That's yes. why we do what we do here, to reach hearts. Moving on in his question, he says, Last November, a priest suggested to me to intensify my love for our Blessed Mother. Mm. The idea came to my mind is that each time I kiss my wife, mm. consider that I'm kissing Mary mm. and receive her kisses like St. Joseph. It really works, but sometimes I feel kind of embarrassed, and I'm not sure if this is a good idea or not. Wow. Miguel. Wow. That's awesome. I love his seeking. I love his trying that out. I love his honesty. It feels a little weird sometimes. (laughs) Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful stuff. Miguel, be not afraid, brother, to press into all of that. Hmm. This is the 
bottom line truth for those who have eyes to see it. Every woman is a sign of the mystery of Mary. Mm. Every woman participates in that dignity or is meant to be participating in that dignity. And I say there's a little qualification there because objectively, every woman does participate in that dignity. Mm -hmm. Subjectively, uh, sometimes, oftentimes, women run away from that or reject it uh, and even willfully say, I don't want that. Mm -hmm. Um, And there is a battle, a battle for the dignity of woman that has to do with Mary and what you could call, and I I get this from uh, a book that I recently read called The Anti-Mary by Carrie Gress. I highly recommend that book to anybody, The Anti-Mary by Carrie Gress, or it's The Spirit of the Anti-Mary. I can't exactly remember the the whole title, but anyway, we'll put that link to that book in the show notes. Um, There is the spirit of Mary, and then there's this anti-Mary, just as there's the, the Christ and the spirit of Christ, and then there's the anti-Christ, yeah. right? Christ and Mary. Every man is an image of Christ. Every woman is an image of Mary. We're all meant to participate in the dignity of the one body of Christ, which is always the head and the body together. This is a nuptial mystery, new Adam, new Eve. They go together. The male and female always go together. Uh, We always have to make proper nuances here, and we're not turning Mary into the Redeemer, but this is the truth. Christ is the Redeemer, Mary is the redeemed, right? Christ is the Savior, Mary is the saved. They go together. They go together like head and body. They go together like bride and groom. Uh, Mary is the image of the church, and the church is the bride of Christ. Obviously, in the flesh, she's always his mother, but in the spirit, she's the bride. She's the mystical bride of love eternal, and that love eternal is revealed in Jesus Christ. Okay. Wow. How about that? That was awesome. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> about kissing his wife. Yes, kissing. Oh, we're back to kissing. Oh, glory, glory, glory. Miguel, this is the Holy Spirit working in your heart to recognize that when you kiss your wife, there is a mystery here. We can't really put it in words without it sounding kind of weird or a little, little even hokey or something. So I, I, I'm going to try to put it in words because this is a podcast and I don't have anything but words to share. Mm. But the mystery, the mystery is profound. You uh, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. There it is. It's yeah. right there. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. You are truly meant to be in the person of the bridegroom, right? Your, your, your marriage, your family is a domestic church, and you're the priest. You are the priest, and you are to kiss your bride. You are to kiss your bride, and your bride is personified in, obviously, your, your bride right there, your, the woman you've married. She's an image of Mary, just as you're an image of Christ. She's an image of Mary. Do not think it odd. Do not think it strange. Uh, And when that embarrassment shows itself, when that embarrassment kind of presents itself, just open it up. Say, Lord, where's this embarrassment come from? And all of us, all of us have that inheritance of shame that goes the whole way back to the beginning. And we have been listening to the wrong voices ever since the beginning. These wrong voices shape us about these matters. Who told you you were naked? 
Who told you that to think of your wife as an image of Mary is wrong or embarrassing or weird? Who told you, fill in the blank, right? We have we listened to the wrong voices. And I know there are a lot of listeners out there who may be thinking, uh, I'm, I'm spouting off some strange business here. <laughs> but Wendy, you are, it's Wendy Mary in my mind, mm-hmm. I, in my heart. I, You're Wendy Mary. You're Mary Wendy. When my devotion to you is a devotion to Mary, and my devotion to Mary is a devotion to you. You are, you are, you're, you're Mary Wendy. I don't know how else to put it. I don't know how else to say it. It's a mystery. I don't have words for it. I think of, um, from from my perspective as a wife, uh, sometimes of what Christ said, whatever you do for the least of these, you do for me. And the way that that can translate into an expression of love for another that goes is for that person, but goes beyond in yes, a mystical yes. kind oh, of way. Wendy's putting words to these things. Yes, that's it. That's um, what I'm talking about. That is, I have experienced that as well, Miguel. And um, it is, it's empowering in the sense of of the grace that's present and the the tapping into the depth of meaning that it is to be called to marriage, the holiness of that, and um, experiencing something of Christ lives in me and Christ lives in the other and this sense of just um, being part of that awesome mystery and um, and that it gives life to us yes, to, yes. to connect with that source of life that yes. is in God. Yes. So I, I feel that and I think it's beautiful. Yeah, keep going and ask Joseph Miguel to help you. Mm. He's the man. <laughs> He's the, he was the first man who had to face this fear of, of getting close to Mary. Mm. And there's a great line from JP2 in his meditation on givenness. You can Google that. Uh, we'll put a link in the show notes. And then you don't have to Google it if we have a link in the show notes. But if you want to not use our link and Google it, you can do that too. <laughs> it's JP2's meditation on givenness. And in, in there, I'm paraphrasing. It's not a direct quote. I'm just going from memory here. But he says, every man must face this fear that Joseph faced mm-hmm. of bringing Mary into his home. And we have the honor and privilege, he says something along these lines, every man has the honor and privilege of recognizing and upholding the true beauty of Mary. And if you feel that invitation to show Mary her true dignity, her true, her true beauty, uh, do not hesitate only fear, he says, appropriating Mary's beauty, using it as a thing. But if you receive it from God as it is given, then delight in it. And your wife really and truly is a sign of Mary's beauty. And to see it, to recognize it, kiss it, bless it, rejoice in it, you're, you're going for it, Miguel. Ask Joseph to help. I think I'll leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Wow. Yeah. Our next question is from Martina. Hello, Martina. um, I don't understand the difference between repressing something and the self-discipline our faith encourages us to practice. Can you please explain? And thank you both immensely for your podcast. Bless you, Martina. Yes, I, I I 
can offer some food for thought that I hope will put you on the right track for you to, to journey more deeply into this truth. And it's a critical one. It's the difference between mere death and death and resurrection. Yes. Repression is just shoving something down into my subconscious uh, and, and ignoring it, trying to annihilate it. It's a, it's a death that just ends in death. Um, redemption, redemption of our desires, the, the self, and it does require self-discipline. Um, that, that creative self-discipline, however, is not destructive. It is constructive in and through participation in the death and resurrection of Jesus. Repression ends in just a, an annihilation of something. Redemption, the self-discipline necessary in redemption, enables us to pass over from death into resurrection so that a disordered desire, the discipline that is required, let's just say, let's take an example. Um, I'll speak as a, as a male. I always speak as a male. Yes. can't help it because I'm a male. So suppose I, I'm on the internet and something pops up tempting me to, to go to some, you know, porn site or something. There might be an inclination I feel to look upon this image of this woman who is really and truly a sister of mine uh, to treat her as an object for my pleasure. There is a one approach that would be, I'm not going to think about that, 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 that just shoves the, the desire I'm feeling down into the subconscious. If I take that approach... It's only a matter of time. This is what John Paul II says in Love and Responsibility. Uh, there is indeed a danger, he says, that if that's our approach, it will end in an explosion of what I've tried to repress. Um, the redemptive approach does involve a self-discipline. It would say, I'm not going to look upon this sister of mine as an object for my pleasure. There is a discipline involved there, yes. a training, a discipling. But in that discipline, I'm not going to look at her as an object. I can take a, a further step and say, Lord, I recognize this temptation in me to treat this person as a thing for my pleasure. I ask you, please, by the power of your death and resurrection, to untwist in me what sin has twisted so that I can come to see her and every woman and every person rightly, that I might see as you see and love as you love. I ask you please to untwist all that is twisted in me so I can experience sexual desire and sexual attraction as you created it to be, as the desire to love in your image. There's the Passover from death to life. The discipline becomes not just a blocking of a wrong movement of our hearts, but an opening up to the right movement of our hearts so that we don't fall into a void. Uh, the Christianity, as I often use the imagery here, Christianity is not an invitation to a starvation diet. It's an invitation to a banquet. But don't confuse the banquet with the fast food, the promise of immediate gratification. Right? Uh, repression leads to the starvation diet. 
the discipline necessary with redemption leads us into the banquet. I hope that's helpful. Am I am I leaving anything out here, Wendy, that I you think is important? I think that's Please. awesome. I I think it's it's um, just helpful the way you explain more about what is meant by self-discipline, and um, just looking at that, it is a disciplined response to to pray or to consider what the temptation is and to name the truth to which we're called. Um, that is all an expression of discipline. And maybe sometimes when we hear self-discipline, we have some image of some kind of, I don't know, somebody smacks your hand as a child when you reach for something. Right, right. And I have to do that to myself. You know, right. I'm reaching for that. I have to smack my hand and then turn the other direction. So the word discipline can be um, heard differently. And I, I really love the way you're explaining that, that engagement of our will and our, our declaration of the truth to which we're called and our trust in God's good plan for us. And um, just understanding I'm fallen. The Lord knows the true purpose of my desires and he wants to fulfill it. All of that is is self-discipline and it's not repression. It doesn't mean that we like experience all of the the fruits of our redemption in one instant right, there. Right. Um, so we, there's an expression of there's a trust and allowing the Lord to guide us on this journey. But um, you know, I can see that in so many different ways in myself as a woman. Um, you know, some of the things that can be, I don't know, influence my heart would be like, you know, noticing that if I do a certain thing, I might get a little affirmation. And and this kind of looking for more affirmation, oh, more affirmation, I'm going to, and it, it becomes, you know, like uh, just a, a strong desire that could lead you to kind of keep trying to find ways to get that affirmation that, you know, is is kind of over the top and, right. and can snowball into a messed up relationship. <laughs> and the Lord wants us to like have that self-discipline to look at that and say like, I desire affirmation. Lord, first of all, can I receive that from you? And if if it comes to me in some other aspect of my life to be grateful and to trust that the Lord maybe is smiling through another person, but but not to obsess about it. That's where the self-discipline is to 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 surrender it and say, Lord, I'm not, I don't need to repress my desi desire to be seen and loved, which affirmation and affirmed, is right? and affirmed, but to know that that ultimately needs to come from the Lord and that that faith that. Um, I don't have to, you know, try to keep getting it out of a situation that could become all unhealthy and sinful, you know, that I can um, experience that grace in that. That's just one example in my life. Well, I have an affirmation for you, Wendy, right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things I like about doing this podcast with you, here we are sitting across the table here with our microphones mm -hmm. and our little pee puffers things, these shields <laughs> right. in front of the microphones. But looking through my pee puffer, through that other pee puffer, looking at your beautiful face over there and hearing you share your heart just then was beautiful. Thank you. And I just wanted to offer you that affirmation. Okay. Thanks. And I have one more thing to say uh, to Martina. Mm -hmm. Martina, the discipline we're talking about here, you know, you know it's the right kind of discipline 
if it leads to something beautiful. It's like the discipline of a musician or the discipline of an athlete. You know, when Michael Jordan leapt off that floor and slam dunked the ball, mm -hmm. the beauty of him doing that is the fruit of years and years and years of discipline. Mm -hmm. The beauty of a concert pianist whose music just lifts our souls to the heavens, that is the fruit of years and years of discipline. That discipline that leads to beauty is the redemptive kind of discipline. There is death involved in the discipline, but there's a resurrection, and the fruit of that resurrection is something beautiful. Amen. Amen. Next question is from Shirley. Hi, Shirley. I have two daughters, age 22 and 24, who both have boyfriends. I was recently introduced to Theology of the Body and find that it, had I known certain truths, my marriage may not have suffered the way it did. I'm wondering which book of yours would be best for me to give my daughters. You are truly gifted and blessed with the Theology of the Body, and I am interested to get to know more myself. Thank you, Shirley. I, I receive your affirmation, and I'm so grateful to the Lord that you have found the gift of this teaching and it's blessing you and i know the feeling gosh if i had known this sooner mm -hmm. maybe i could be spared some could have been spared some pain that's that's almost always the response i hear when when people hear this teaching for the first time how come i've never heard this if i had only known this sooner i could have been spared pain and i i want to bless and affirm your desire to share this teaching with your daughters i would probably suggest beginning with my Q&A book, Good News About Sex and Marriage. And I'd suggest, uh, encourage you anyway, maybe you have an old copy of that on your shelf or something, to be sure that you have the, the edition that just came out in 2018. I first wrote that book in 1999, and um, the, the issue, a lot of the issues that we're facing in the culture today weren't even on the table at the time. It's just amazing what 20 years has done. So, I needed to update that book, and I did so a couple years ago. So I'd recommend that. There's a hundred, in the updated version, there's 150 of the most asked questions about Catholic teaching. And I give um, honest answers to those honest questions using the theology of the body as the lens through which to respond to those questions. So that's a great place to start. And maybe as a second starting point, I would suggest Theology of the Body for Beginners. We'll put the, the link to both of those books in the show notes for anybody who might be interested in those. Uh, I think you'll find a, a wealth of, of great information there, both for yourself and for your daughters. And something I often recommend, you said both of your daughters had boyfriends. Uh, I often recommend couples that when they get one or more of those books, read them separately, maybe 10 pages a week, I suggest, and then go out on a date, I suggest to couples, and talk about it. I think it's a great way to, to get a relationship talking about these very important things. Mm -hmm. Also thinking, just for Shirley and her daughters, that they might be interested in your video, The Cry of the Heart, in that it, you share some things about your, um, your journey in a way that I think 
could maybe get her daughters and their boyfriends just interested to learn yeah, more. Yeah, that's a good suggestion. We'll put the link in the show notes. Cry of the heart. And also, Shirley and um, anybody that is interested can certainly take an online course to really learn more about theology of the that body. That would be the, yeah, the, if you want a real immersion in this vision, yeah. Shirley and your daughters and their boyfriends, uh, consider taking one of our courses either online or in person. We have an in-person Theology of the Body 1 coming up in June, mm -hmm. and we have an online Theology of the Body 1 coming up in April. If you've already taken Theology of the Body 1, we have an online Theology of the Body 2 coming up in March, and the course on Mary, I recommend to Miguel. <laughs> right. Miguel, take the course on Mary. <laughs> That's coming up in May. Online. Online. Mm -hmm. And uh, we also have in May... Uh, a Theology of the Body virtual conference coming up. We'll, you can learn more about that in the show notes as well. Yeah. If you guys have benefited from anything you heard today and you know, know someone who needs to benefit from it as well, we invite you to hit that share button and help us get this message out to as many people as we possibly can. We're so grateful to our faithful listeners and we want to see what we can do to get more people out there hearing this good news. It's a great gift to be with you guys, and it's a great gift to affirm for you every week that you are a gift. You are indispensable, irreplaceable, and unrepeatable. Become what you are. Ask Christopher West is brought to you by the Theology of the Body Institute with music by Mike Mangione. Christopher and Wendy hope that the information provided is helpful to you, but remind you that they are not licensed counselors. If you are going through serious difficulty, a list of trusted counselors and psychologists can be found in the show notes.